You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Asa, Asa was a little fellow right over here, singing with his sisters tonight. That's his name. Well, we're going to look at Asa tonight. You know, I was born in a, I believe, the, the greatest time in America's history. I love the time I was born. World War II had just ended, post-war. And I've told you this before. I, I can go any city in America, and I could tell you if it's a World War, post-World War II house. They're all over around here. Willow Glen, there's a lot of World War II. There's different places here by the airport. There's that whole area. That's all World War II, right after the war. You know, during the war, and I, I'm a avid I, I'm a student of World War II. That was my dad's generation. Those are brave people. They charged Normandy knowing they'd die. They went and they were shipped out right over here. We'd pass it. My mother would say all the time when she was alive, Fort Ord, that's where they shipped the boys out uh, to go over to the war. And uh, different places in the state of California where Camp Roberts, they got them ready there going down towards Santa Maria where my folks are buried. Uh, they're, they're, they got them ready there and shipped them out, got ready to ship out. World War II, they stopped building all the vehicles, cars, Someone says, I, own, I owned a 1945 Chevy. No, you didn't. They didn't build them. No such thing. They, they turned those Fords and Chevys and Chryslers. They built airplanes, Rosie the Riveter. You know the whole story. I've told it enough. I, I was raised in such a wonderful time. And when the war ended, by the way, during the war, churches exploded in America in growth. Churches began to just grow and go and move forward. Chattanooga, Tennessee, Canton, Ohio, Akron, Ohio, Chicago, Illinois, uh, uh, the major cities in America, great churches. St. Louis had some great churches in those days, and big churches were coming up, and, 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 and large churches, and people seeking God. Well, they're burying their sons and their fathers and husbands. And, and the war was, uh, was such a, a worldwide situation. When they all came home, boy, I tell you what, building began to boom, cars began, then the cars, that became my big deal. Oh, I love the cars, especially in the 1950s. I remember my dad and I going to 1956 over here to Centerville, which is now Fremont. We had 2,500 people in our, our city. And in Centerville, my uncle worked for the Ford, Ford uh, Turner Ford. My dad worked for Central Chevrolet. Yet Turner Ford could put one new car in the showroom Ford. The Chevy had two showrooms, so they could put two. We walked in, and they used to soap the windows. And they stuck those new cars in there, and big searchlights for the only three brands here, General Motors, God made, <laughs> Ford, Foolish, never mind. Um, um, and, and then Chrysler. And, and, and they, they put the searchlights on, Edgar uh, 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 Chrysler. 
and, and, and you put the search and you go see. We walked in, I saw a 1956 Chevy. Two-door, two-tone. It, it, it advertised it, had a heater. It was an amazing thing. I saw that car, I said, wow, it's a beautiful car. But they changed every year. Now they keep the same model for about 10 years. I'll get to the Bible one of these days. I like talking to these, about these cars right now. The 50, the 55, 54 looked this way, 53 and four about the same. 55 looked this way. 56, as things began to change, and then the 57 Chevy, Woohoo! And, and the, the 58 dual headlights for the first time. And the 59, because we're the space age, they put those wings on them. And in, in 1960, 59, 60, my dad had a business in downtown Stockton. We moved over there. My dad was 90% deaf. With hearing aids, he did pretty well. You've heard it so many times. They always had those transistors. A man would clip them on his T-shirt. And then the wires would come up. And about 59, bell tone and audio tone came out with these glasses like this and then a, an ear mold that came on it. You could put it in your ears. My dad said this is the most wonderful. He went in the hearing aid business. And I'll never forget that we were downtown Stockton. He said, now, son, I'm busy today. I went with him to work, trying to get that thing started. 12-story building, first floor. He said, now, you can go across the street today, 1960. And I spent the whole day by myself. I went to Chase Chevrolet. And I looked at the Chevrolets, the 19, new 1960s. And, and I went over to, to the Ford dealership over there. I just started an Oldsmobile and Cadillac. Cadillac had a, a magazine with, with the Cadillac, and it was a Cadillac like this, and then tilted up, so it was, it was like a rocket going straight up. I'll never forget that picture. You know, I, I have, I, I've, I've fallen in love with America. The cars, the houses. I grew up in the 50s. Uh, 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 baseball. Every day we played baseball in the street. I'm talking about every day we played baseball in the street. And, and you run over to this car, and that was first base, and you run in the middle of the street, that was second, run over this car, third, and then you'd run home. We didn't have parks around here. We met out, oh, it was so wonderful. What an amazing time. Black and white TV came out, three channels. It was incredible. The flag would come by and people would stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they started using the word cops. And I'll tell you what, my parents' generation says, you're not going to, now I know it's acceptable now, you're not going to call them a cop, they're a policeman. And you wouldn't see, you wouldn't see a burning of the flag or like these idiots kneel at the flag, stomp on the flag, burn the flag. Hey, it's so bad, let us get you a one-way ticket to where you want to go and stay there. Bernie Sanders, socialist. All right, he wants to be a senator like he is. Let's send him Venezuela with socialism. See you, Bernie. Take Hillary with you and the rest of the crowd. I'm sick and tired of people spitting on America. So I don't like the way, well then, stay for the rest of it and then don't come back, but come. You need to realize you're living in a great country. So I, that's why 
<laughs> no one's breaking the doors down to get in China. No one's breaking the doors down to get in Russia. My grandfather served in the Russian army, so I have a love for him. I'm talking about the fact, friends, no, folks aren't breaking the doors to get in those places. They're trying to get out. I say all that tonight because I have a love for this country. Asa had a love for his country. God is going to use him. I want God to use all of us, men, women, children. Tonight, with that in mind, I'm going to speak to us about great leadership. Great leadership. This country needs some great leadership. Teenagers, that would be great leaders for God. College students, that would be great leaders. Couples. Leadership is simply influence. Do you know they're watching perhaps in the nursery tonight uh, the services as they can. All those different nurseries that are filled with children. I don't know how much they are watching. But you know, let's take the two-year-old nursery tonight. In that two-year-old nursery, there is a leader. Little Ralphie is the leader in there. I've never stayed in the nursery, but I understand if Ralphie begins to cry, they all begin to cry. I understand if, you know, uh, uh, little, little, little Ralph uh, has a problem where it begins to smell in his diaper, then they all think that's the, there's, there's the call. And these ladies said, I changed 552 diapers this morning, this evening. I don't know how many they changed. But I do know this. There's one that's going to be a leader. And one starts crying, they all cry. And one starts having a fit, it seems like they all have a fit. Did you know in kindergarten or school or K-4 or whatever grade you want to take, you take third grade, whatever, there's a leader in every class. There's someone that rises to the leadership. Every team we have, they have a team captain. Why? He has risen to the challenge that he knew how to weld those boys or those girls into a unit. Do you know that tonight, that every, 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 every Sunday, adult Sunday school class we have, there's leaders in those class. I have the most wonderful deacons, but you know, I tell you, and I know he's the chairman, but I tell you what our men, our, our men look to Brother Van Dyke as the leader of those deacons. And I watch it when he speaks or when he prays. I, I watch people listen. When the colonel speaks, I listen to him. He's a leader. Some leaders are quiet leaders. My dad was a happy-go-lucky man but he's a quiet leader, and I watched him, and he wouldn't say much. But, well, I tell you what, I could read him very well. He was leading me by his actions. He was leading me by being raised in his home, how to love that wife of his, and how to love his children. Had no, I didn't need a book. I already had a book in my dad. In this room, every marriage has a leader. Every family has a leader. 
And sometimes that leader becomes a five-year-old kid and they lead mothers in the store up and down and all of a sudden he wants, I want it! Oh no, and they begin to negotiate. You be a good boy, we'll buy gum, bubble gum, and we'll check it out, we'll get, we'll get some candy too. And he throws, I don't want, I, I was in a store not long ago, I don't want candy, I don't want candy, I don't want candy, I don't want candy. What, what do you want? Wrong question. <laughs> I, I tell you what he needs. I want us to raise up some leaders. We just don't have to have one leader. We can have multiple leaders. I want to raise up leaders with that Christian school. That school is 46 years old. We've been trying to put leadership in these boys and girls. We have a leadership class. I want you to know leadership is offering influence. And look at this man here by the name of Asa. As we study leadership for these few moments together uh, tonight, great leadership. I want you to see verse 2 in Asa. Asa, that's the new leader. That's the, that's the new king of Judah. And Asa did that was which was good and right in the sight of God. Leaders do right. Old Dr. Bob Jones would say, do right. Do right till the stars fall. Just do right. Patch the pirate wrote it, do right till the stars fall, do right till the last call. Just do right. You know what I'm supposed to do this week? Just do right. Somebody cuts me off on the freeway. I don't need to be blowing the horn and cutting them off. Someone violates your personal zone and gets you upset and, and they, they, you're walking into a store and they walk right in front of you, bowl you down. Let, just do right. There's such a thing as being a, a man or a woman of God and doing right, seeking to live peaceably with one another, seeking acts and deeds of kindness. Do right, here's a man, he did right. God blesses right. Young people this week, do right with your parents, don't talk back to them. Your parents do right to your children, love them. Read them the Bible every night. Pray with them every night. Do right with your children. Uh, do right with, with your company this week. I mean, if they're paying you for 40 hours, give them 42. I'm talking about don't, don't compromise anything. Don't, don't sit around criticizing the job. You know, for all those many decades and decades and decades, I flew all over this country on a Monday morning or, and, and across this country to preach somewhere Monday, Tuesday, and then fly back home. And I tell you, it was an amazing thing being on those planes because a lot of times business people were there and those business people would begin to criticize their company. Are they criticized? Well, you know, Susie, you know, Sally, you know, you know, Stephanie, you know how she, and they begin to criticize what, and they weren't there. I think, what in the world are you doing? Criticizing the company that's giving you health insurance, that's giving you probably retirement, that's giving you a place to work to put food on the table, and you're criticizing it. I suggest that leadership always seeks to do right. I don't like the taxes in this country. They're out of control. But I pay my taxes. I don't like 65 miles an hour. That's way too slow. I, I mean, that, that's, that's back World War II, yes. 
but this is not World War II. It should be 95 miles an hour minimum. They cruise better at 95. But they made the rule 65. And so we can go 65 miles an hour. How in the world is that? I'm talking about God wants, talk sweetly to your, kindly to your wife. Tell her she's great. Speak in, in thoughtfulness to your husband. Speak in tenderness to your children. Tell your children this week you love them. Tell them every day, I love you, son. I love you, uh, little daughter. I love you. What a privilege it is. I'm talking about do right. You know, secondly, I see what he did. He removed some things. Not only did he write, leadership always removes things. He took away the altars of the trained gods. He broke down the images. If you would go back, I've asked you to, to, to check out 1 Kings 15. He found out his mama was worshiping those things. He dethroned her. He said, Mama, it's only right for me to let you know you're no longer queen because we're not going there. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 15, he, he said, there's not going to be sodomites during my reign either. So you, you can't do that. That's not, that's not human rights. Wait a minute. There's no such thing as male and male living together and female and female living together according to the Bible. And I'm not saying let's hurt them. Let's, I'm just telling you, it's sin. It's sin. It's vile. It's wicked. God calls it an abomination, a stench in the nostrils of God. Well, I thought we said in 62, we don't need God in our schools. Well, we did. And I thought we said in 63, we don't need the Bible in our schools. We did. How are we doing? How are we doing without God? I, I see he got, uh, leaders, what are some things we need to get rid of this week? Bad attitude, gossip, envy, hatred, hurt, sin. Filth. Great leadership does right. Great leadership removes wrong. Great leadership, verse 4 and 5, seeks to return back to God. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord of their fathers and do the law of the commandments. He took away all the cities of Judah, the high places, the images. And the kingdom was quiet before May I ask you to return to God? Uh, return by confessing our sins. Daniel said he made his confession. Uh, Nehemiah said he confessed with the people, our fathers, and we have sinned. It's not the person next to you that you have to worry about. It's the person that you tuck in bed tonight yourself. It's me too. What are some things that need, we need to, need to return to a song? Singing. I was driving my car the other day. I was listening to our radio, just singing a radio station, listening and singing. And God convicted me. He said, Jack, you've not been singing enough lately. And I'm not talking about in church. You've not been singing enough day by day. I like it when every morning God gives me a song. And I like to sing that song and that chorus. I was in my prayer time, Bible time, a few months ago. And I began to sing a song. And I, I, I thought back. 
I said, the best I can think, it's been over 55 years since I sang that little chorus. And to think that I, I, 55 years ago, I, I, I had that chorus in my mind as a young person, teenager. And I had then, and it just came back. I began to write in my prayer journal those words of that song. And I've been singing it. It's a little chorus we used to sing. I won't sing it for you now. But, but, but what I have to t return to, you know what, for me, I, I always, every day before I go to my own Bible reading, I, I always go to Proverbs, the proverb of today, tomorrow's Proverbs 1, because it's the first day, and then Proverbs 7 on the seventh day. I've done it for 50-some years, but not long ago, I got out of habit with that. I, I don't know, it's not wrong. I just, I've been doing some other studies of scriptures of my personal life. And about, oh, maybe six months ago, I said, I'm not going to do that. Again, like I've been, I'm getting back to Proverbs. Now, I've got all this other reading of the scriptures I want to do and studying of this book or studying this passage or let God speak to me, but I want to get back to Proverbs. And I'll tell you what, the last six months, Proverbs come alive to me. I've got my Bible so marked up on Proverbs that what else can I learn? I can learn a lot because it applies to me differently every time. That's where I'm at in this day. I go back to Psalms so much. God spoke to me. God, in the midnight hour in the hospital this week, Psalm 118, I preached this morning. God gave me that in the hospital this week. God just was dealing with me. I don't want to come be a pastor where I just try to deal with you, your problems. I want to deal with us, and I want God to begin by dealing with me. How do you need to return? Never let the sun go down on your wrath. Didn't need to return to prayer. Couples, that's the last thing you should do every night. Always pray together. Always pray. You, you cannot argue, 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 argue. Well, let's pray. It doesn't work that way. I, I find that this Asa did right. I find this Asa removed wrong. I see this Asa returned. I see that this Asa reinforced safety. If you're a leader, you're, you're in charge of protecting someone or something. Notice what the Bible says, verse 7. Could you look at it right there? And I'll be done shortly. Therefore he said unto Judah, watch, watch this. Here's the, the new king who's going to serve 41 years. Let us build these cities, uh-oh, and make us walls. Build the wall. I like that. Why would you have a wall to keep people out? Towers. Why would you have a tower to make sure they're going to stay out? Gates. So you can let people in. I like that gates, don't you? I like it that we let people in this country legally. You can't build a society off of illegal. And I don't care what country you're coming from, we want you here. Way back on 9-11, the old building, 20, it's 2001, was that, 22 years ago. I said, if you're a first-generation person, we want one representative from every country. First generation. Not your parents, first generation from another country, stand to your feet. That Sunday morning, we had 68 countries. They'll have a lot more than that now. 
I love pastoring a church like that. I love having all the nationalities and all the different countries here. God's bringing the world to us. So, yes, build some walls, but put some gates in it so you can get some folks in. There's our adopted kids right there from Brazil. Brother Tiago and his sweet wife. I'm glad there was a gate to get them in. And guess what? They came through that gate and they're in our hearts. Ah, what we need around here, get rid of all these people. <laughs> so many come from the other countries are getting the work done for us. While we lay at home taking our government checks. Just thought I'd throw that in there for fun. And bars where the land is. So they built and prospered. We need the gates open so we could prosper too. But we need walls up so we can protect. Do you realize that you're responsible for reinforcing safety to your home? I won't labor this, but sometimes I hear of some of you men, yeah, we never locked the house. Well, that's foolish. Because you have a wife and children. And you don't lock the house. You're very careless. And not only should you lock the house, you ought to make sure that you can resist somebody when they try to break in the house and get in the house. I won't say if I'm for guns or against guns, I'll just say Amendment 2. Thank God for Amendment 2. Why did our forefathers put that in there? The right to bear arms. Because when government got out of control, Notice what the Bible says. <laughs> he, uh, he established a regiment. Look at real quickly, we're done. Asa, verse 8, had an army. Had an army. I love the military. I go through airports. A lot of times they're transferring people through Dallas. So I see all these, these boys and these young ladies, and I see them in uniform. But I always say thank you. And sometimes they're just coming. I say, thank you, thank you, thank you for what you do first. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just amazing. Yeah, you, you, why, why do we have an army and a navy and an air force and the marines and, and all these? Why do we have all that? To bring protection for us and other countries and friends as well. Let's wrap it up. Leadership, and then re leadership relies on God. Verse 11, and Asa cried unto the Lord. and said, Lord, is it nothing with thee to help? Whether it be many or with them or have no power, help us, oh Lord. And if you're a good leader this week, 10th grade girl, 12th grade boy, principal, pastor, ushers, Sunday school teachers, husbands, wives, 
children and say, I, I need to put my, my trust and confidence in God. It's better to trust in the Lord than put confidence in God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.